Hello and welcome. This is Raven's Fine Art. My name is Raven. Welcome back to the show. Together you and I are creating a world where we are raising the standards. We are holding the world to a higher standard. That means in all areas, financial and personal, our connection with a higher source. That is the purpose of the show, so I am very, very happy that you are here. Today we're going to be continuing our discussion. We've been discussing the book Think and Grow Rich. And remember, this is not about money, nor is it about greed. It is about personal accomplishment and success on your own terms, however you define that. But money is exceptionally important. It is still the number one cause of divorce. It is one of the number one causes of stress and pain in people's lives. So to get this area of life handled is extremely important for all areas of your life. So we are gonna keep talking about it. The next chapters that we're discussing are the fourth and the fifth steps toward riches. So let's get into it. All right, so specialized knowledge and imagination. So let's talk about specialized knowledge first. So Napoleon Hill in the book um, talks about the difference between specialized versus general knowledge. So specialized general knowledge is like it sounds, it's just knowing things in general. So usually in university, you take your general education classes. So that's kind of what it's talking about, just knowing things. And that's important, you know, just having a baseline of knowledge is certainly important just for your own personal development. But when it comes to actually success in the financial realm, you're gonna to have to have specialized knowledge. Now, specialized knowledge, as it sounds, is knowledge of a particular field or industry. And so the reason why that is so important is because, first of all, that's the only thing that's really useful. Uh, most people at this point, uh, because education is free, have a basic knowledge of you know general things. So that is not going to make you particularly useful in terms of exchanging money. So specialized knowledge is extremely important. And just to illustrate this, um, I had a friend long time ago and this guy was brilliant. So he had more than average general knowledge. I mean, he was so incredibly intelligent and smart and knowledgeable about so many things. And I mean, I could barely keep up with him and, and I'm no slouch, but he was just extremely intelligent. And I really liked that about him. But he had no money. I mean, and not just no money because that's in and of itself, you know, not a deal breaker, but in, in terms of like not being able to take care of yourself as an adult is, you know, and he was older than I was at the time, I mean, still is <laughs> older than I am. And when you have somebody that can't take care of themselves, I mean, like months behind on rent, never had enough money, constantly borrowing money, constantly asking for favors, this kind of thing is very low vibrational. So you have the juxtaposition of the, you know, the high vibrational, the intelligence and you know, the brilliance, a high IQ, but then you pair it with somebody that can't even take care of himself, which you know, even just the most basic person with no education is, can manage to do. And it's really a turnoff because 
you know, when you have a friend that's constantly hitting you up for things, you know, constantly needs something, constantly is borrowing stuff, you know, this is not inspirational to, to be around. It's, it's a drag. It's a drain. You know, and you can't really, in my opinion, call yourself spiritual if you don't have just the basics covered. I mean, you don't have to be a rock star in every area, but if you're going to be a leader, an example, you know, somebody that's connected with a higher source, you want to at least have the basics taken care of. I mean, even just stray cats are able to take care of themselves. So you as a human being with, you know, infinite possibilities, you know, with, with a mind that can be connected to a higher source that, that is open to inspiration and you can't figure out just how to pay your bills and how to get along in life, you know, constantly year in and year out. So this is not really acceptable. So the importance of goals though is really important. So even specialized knowledge can become useless if it is not put into practice. So specialized knowledge is certainly better than general knowledge because you have the knowledge of, of something specific that can actually help someone. So if you're an engineer, for example, you know, you go above and beyond just knowing basic facts and figures, you know how to do something. But even that's not enough. So you, you need to have goals. And so this quote on page 91 is, is really important. It says, first of all, decide the sort of specialized knowledge you require and the purpose for which it is needed. To a large extent, your major purpose in life, the goal toward which you are working, will help determine what knowledge you need. And so this is really important because a lot of times, people only think of college or university as the source of knowledge. And as we'll talk about in a second, it is one of the sources of knowledge, um, but it has to be tied with who you are and what your goals are. And especially who you are because colleges make you choose a major and they are trying to help in terms of directing your knowledge into a specialized, uh, you know, way of going so that you have something useful when you graduate. I think that's the idea. But the problem is, is that no one up until then, so you turn 18 and you're thrown into the situation where you're supposed to choose your path for the rest of your life. But no one up until then has talked with you about how you're made, how you're specially, you know, made in this world. You know, what is your, you know, calling in life? What are you best suited for? You know, no one's talked to you about that. They've just made you take all this general knowledge stuff and then suddenly expect you to know what you're supposed to do for the rest of your life. It's ridiculous. And you can never, these days, never know what you're going to be doing for the rest of your life because it's always changing. I mean, industries that people relied on, you know, a generation ago are gone. And the generations, I mean, the, the occupations that are going to be probably most prevalent in the future don't even exist yet. So it's not about, you know, picking a job or even a career. It's really about knowing who you are, how you're made, what your giftings are, because those aren't going to change. You know, you can enhance them, you can develop them, you can learn, you know, skills and all that, but how you're actually made is, is how you're made. And that's going to influence the kind of the, the grouping of, of things that you're going to be good at. And it's never just one thing. I mean, your gifts are transferable. They can apply to many different fields. But if you know yourself, then you can, you know, choose a subset 
of occupations that will use those those goals and those uh, talents and those skills that you have to allow you to make money and to support yourself. So the sources of knowledge are the following. And again, we talked about college, but that is not the only, and maybe these days, not even the best source of knowledge. Another source of knowledge is one's own experience. People discount that so much, but the life that you've already lived is, is one of your best sources of knowledge. So when you're thinking about what you can do to you know, make money or to become successful, mind your own experience first. Think about the life you've already lived. And to you, it may seem not that important or not that special because you've lived it. You know, we're never all that exciting in our own eyes because we've gone through something, we've overcome it and we've moved on and we never really even thought about it. But to someone else, your, your experience might be so unique and so fascinating and so helpful because you've learned something. That's the whole purpose of going through tough times is that you learn something along the way and then now you have the qualifications to turn around and help someone else. Okay, so your own experience. Secondly is the experience of others. You don't have to only rely on your own experience and your own knowledge and your own accumulation of wisdom. You can tap into the wisdom of others. And the book, you know, Napoleon Hill in the book calls it a mastermind. And that's kind of now taken on a life of its own where people are creating all these masterminds. All a mastermind is, it's a group of like-minded people that you are connected with on a personal level that have experiences and talents and gifts that are complementary to yours so that they're picking up something from you and you're picking up something from them. And together, you know, you're both elevated and you're both benefiting from this association. So networking can be that, although networking has become kind of this fake and plastic thing. So what I'm talking about is something organic that you put together and, and you think about what you have to offer and you think about what you're lacking and you strategically try to make alliances and you know with people that you like i'm not saying you know be fake or anything but you're going to be creating associations with people that have complementary gifts toward yours um the third we've already talked about which is college of course you know college is a way to gain knowledge um it, it's very important to choose an environment though that is a match for who you are that's why who you are should be first and foremost before you do anything at all you need to figure out who you are and what your giftings are the next source of knowledge is the public library which definitely gets short shrift these days because people don't read but i'm telling you like everything that you ever wanted to know is in a book somewhere and you don't have to spend any money. So if you're struggling financially now, you cannot use the excuse that you don't have any money. I mean, libraries are chock full of all kinds of books and people that maybe have bought books, they donate them. So you can a lot of times get even newer books that are just donated to the library. And I'm telling you, whatever it is that you wanna do or you're curious about, you can find in the library and library cards are still free. All right. The next is special training courses. Now, actually, these are my favorite because I have learned so much just from taking strategic courses. So I learned how to make my website. My website um, is ravencushner.com. Um, but I learned how to do that by taking a special training course. It was just, you know, a few weeks of my life that I spent 
and this course was amazing and it wasn't expensive. You know, I think it was, it might have been like 10 or 20 bucks. And, you know, you get enormous benefit out of something like that for the rest of your life. You pick up a skill and it's yours. No one can ever take that away from you. So Udemy, U-D-E-M-Y is a wonderful resources resource for, you know, special training courses. Um, course, let's see, what is it called? Course R-A is a wonderful um, destination. They have, you know, YouTube, of course, YouTube University. They have lectures from Harvard and Stanford and museums. And I mean, whatever it is you want to learn about, you can find it somewhere in a special, and those are totally free. It's not even a course, but I think a course is better, like something that you actually sign up for and take the training because it's going, it's not just YouTube where you can just fall down a rabbit hole and just get lost in all the different videos that they start feeding you. But a course is going to direct you towards something that you have a tangible skill at the end of it. So I highly, highly recommend taking a course if you, you know, want to improve in a specific field. Um, and then talking about the topic of free, so I brought up YouTube and I remember when I was looking for a coach and I was in this art community and some know-it-all came back to me and was like, oh, you should just, you know, there's a bunch of YouTube videos for free. You should just do that. And secondly, I wasn't asking for anyone to tell me what I should be doing. I was asking if anyone knew a coach. <laughs> so, but anyway, this person, you know, offered their unsolicited advice that I should just watch YouTube. I do not agree with that advice. And because of this, now listen to this quote, okay? This is from the book on page 94. We have in this country what is said to be the greatest public school system in the world. We have invested fabulous sums for fine buildings. We have provided convenient transportation for children so that they can attend the best schools. But there is one astounding weakness to this marvelous system. It is free. One of the strange things about human beings is that they value only that which has a price, unquote. Okay, boom. <laughs> this is why YouTube is, I mean, it's great for, it's really great for general knowledge, in my opinion, but if you want special, specialized knowledge, you have to come up off the dollars, okay? You have to pay because for two reasons. A, something that costs is just going to be put together better because somebody is, they know that they're exchanging, you know, that they're asking people to exchange their money for this stuff. So there's going to be more thought put into it because it's something that they're trying to sell. Something that they know you can pick up for free. I mean, YouTube videos range. Some of them are really great. Some of them are, are garbage. And that's what you're going to get. And, and time is money. So you're going to have to sit there and sift through tons of garbage to find something that's really good. And it's not about production value either. That doesn't matter. Some of the grainiest videos have had the, you know, the greatest um, you know, knowledge and wisdom. So it's not about that. It's about we value stuff that we pay for. I mean, if you once you pay for something, you're going to do it. And, and in the book, Napoleon Hill brings up the example. He had signed up for a home study course. And, you know, as people do, you get distracted and you stop doing it. But the thing is, it was a monthly payment. 
and that monthly payment was due whether you complete the course or not. So the thing is, if you're paying for something, you're gonna eventually do it. Cause you're like, look, I mean, they're gonna be asking and it's gotta hurt. It can't just be, you know, you know, two bucks because you can still be like, well, you know, two bucks. Like the laziness is more powerful than that. And you can just be like, well, you know, I'll do it next month. I'll just lose the two bucks. But if something, you know, if you feel it, if, if the sum is significant, then you're gonna be like, ouch, you know, I, I need to hurry up and finish this thing because I'm gonna get the bill no matter what. So don't be afraid to invest in yourself because that's something that wealthy people do do in studying wealthy people. They will invest in information if it's going to lead them to being able to make more money. They just do. And that's something that poor and middle-class people often don't do. Like middle-class people will go to college, but then they'll sort of leave it at that. Like, oh, you know, I'm done. That was, you know, that was great. I'll be paying for that for the rest of my life. But it's like, no, I mean, it's really better to strategically get the knowledge that you need rather than going, you know, into thousands and thousands of debt, of dollars of debt, just for general knowledge that is going to be useless in, you know, a few years anyway. So that's that. All right, so the second point is imagination. So imagination is really ties in with specialized knowledge because I mentioned in the beginning that the most important thing to do with specialized knowledge is to use it. So you need your imagination to figure out how to do that. So in the book, Napoleon Hill discusses the difference between synthetic and creative knowledge. So both of them are really significant. And here's the difference between the two. So synthetic imagination is, is basically the way that most things get invented. It is basically taking something that already exists and figuring out how to do it better, kind of combining things and um, arranging them in such a way that you have something new, but it's not new, new. It's something that is based on something that has existed before. And, and that is the nature of, of all inventions. I mean, nothing comes out of the blue. I mean, even the internet, which, you know, was revolutionary, still was the natural extension of our basic, you know, like switchboards, our, our desire to communicate with people all over the world. Um, so that's synthetic imagination is, you know, using our imagination to combine things and to expand on things that already exist. And then there's creative imagination that comes directly from God, or as the book calls it, infinite intelligence. So that's the kind of thing that you get through intuition, through a sudden idea that comes to you, through hunches, through gut instinct. Um, and these can be poo-pooed by people who only value the rational mind. But in my opinion, there is no division between um, the rational mind and the creative mind. I think it all comes from the same place. So we've all had that experience of getting this amazing idea like in the shower or while we're driving. You know, it's usually when your conscious mind is kind of on autopilot and that allows your creative imagination to come to the forefront. And there are things that we can do to cultivate our creative imagination. One that I always talk about is meditation, spending that few minutes of silence with yourself to allow creative intelligence to come into your um, conscious awareness through meditation. It's, it's like downloading files that exist in the universe, but that 
you're not conscious of because you're going about your life, worrying about things that are more immediate. So things like meditation, journaling, walking by yourself so that you're not chit-chatting and talking about surface level things. Uh, images for artists. So if you're an artist, which I am, one of the things that I use to feed my creative imagination is images. So that's from magazines, that's from other people's art, that's from, um, you know, um, movies even, going to galleries, looking at other work, that kind of thing. And then most importantly is regular practice. So repetition, repetition, repetition. That's how you get better at anything and creative imagination is no exception. All right, so let us recap and then we're out of here. So first point, get the knowledge you need and pay for it. It's not just about college. There are many ways to get the knowledge, the specialized knowledge that you need, but you've got to come off the dollars. You got to pay for it because if you don't, you're not going to value it. And also the information is going to be substandard if it is free. Number two, Attach that knowledge to definite plans with a hard deadline. I didn't bring this up before, but I brought it up in past podcasts. The deadline is important because there's something about setting that deadline that kicks your butt into high gear. So if you know that you have to do something at the end of April and it's already, you know, February, the first week of February, it's like, um, hello, (laughs) seven days are gone or however many days by the time you listen to this are gone. So it's time to get into gear and that will help you stir up the both synthetic and creative imaginations as well. That deadline is magical. Okay. Secondly, or thirdly, use your imagination. So synthetic, which is practical, inspirational, which is direct from infinite intelligence. Use that to figure out how to put the knowledge that you gain into practice. And lastly, and the most important quote in the chapters comes from page 108, is all caps, you can do it. It has been done before. Okay. That is so important because so many times when we doubt ourselves, our goals are not even that outrageous. I mean, most of us, we're wanting to do things that other people have done before. So if you want to start a business, that is not impossible. Do you know how many businesses there are out there? And those people are not rocket scientists or just regular people that went for it. And yes, they may have tried a few things and failed just like you will. It doesn't matter. What matters is where, where you end up at the end of the day. So whatever it is that you want to do, it can be done. It can be done by you because you are not inferior to anybody else. We're all the same. We all have our gifts and our talents. We just have to put them into practice. All right, that is all I have for you for this week. Thank you again for joining me. Have a beautiful and productive day, and I will see you next week. Bye-bye.